as a prisoner for the Lord, then I I, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. Chapter 6. One, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Thank you. Amen. What's your name? You didn't tell them your name. My name is Natasha Wamaida. Thank you, Natasha. Uh, done a great job. Thank you. So, <clears throat> we've, been, we've been doing a, a collection of talks around our community, and um, as, as I've been inviting us to this realization that we cannot follow Jesus uh, just by ourselves. We need to be devoted, not, not just liking community, but we need to actually be devoted to community, to gathering together, both um, in a congregational gathering like this, but also around small tables, around tables in our homes where we can share a meal, where we can share stories, where you can be seen and heard and see others and hear others, where you can safely practice the, the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, where, you know, so where you can be corrected and correct others, where you can be loved through the, uh, the ugly moments and celebrated with through the beautiful moments. And, you know, so, uh, and so through the weeks we've had people sign up for a couple of community groups. You can always do that at any time you're ready. Uh, that, will, uh, that will be one of the ways we do church together. And so it's not closed if, if you didn't get a chance to. Here's the thing. So often when we, when we, every new thing we start, whether it's a new job, uh, whether it's a new marriage. Oh, by the way, Stacy and Randy's wedding was amazing. It was here yesterday. So there are a couple of pedals uh, out there. And thank you to uh, their, commu uh, their community group really stepped up. And, you know, I was just thinking as, 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 as the whole wedding went on, it's, I wouldn't want for anyone to miss out on that, just how community can come around you and love you and support you. But yeah, so when we discover something new, when we start something, uh, a new wedding, uh, sorry, a marriage, a new job, or you, know, you join a community group, often people start excited, right? Uh, uh, we start so excited. Um, people come to this church sometimes and they're like, oh my gosh, why didn't you guys come to Nakuru 10 years ago? Uh, because we weren't in a group. Anyway, you know, every time we, we, we experience new things in life, we start at a high most of the times. Well, you know, some things aren't. Most of the times we start at a high, and we do, you know, then there's a honeymoon phase where it's just made in heaven. 
Some people at this church are still in the honeymoon phase with us. It's like God dropped this church from heaven. Uh, everything is divine. The pastor is divine. I, I want to keep that as long as I can. I'm sure it will end. But, you know, some of you are still in the honeymoon phase. As you join your community group, some of, there will be a honeymoon phase where it's exciting. People bring food. Everybody greets you by name. It's like, oh, my word, they love me here. And, you know, after every honeymoon phase comes a disenchantment where, where the divinity falls, you know, where, where your spouse becomes human. It's like, oh, my word. Where the church becomes, oh, it is a church after all. And it's often just, you know, sometimes it's just the things of life. Uh, life happens, you, you get, oh, wow, haven't heard that voice in a while. So, yeah. So, you know, you get busy or your favorite show starts, starts when, when you're supposed to be at community group. Or, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> you started off and they were bringing... Yes. You started off and they were bringing dinner and now it's just tea. I remember when we started our community group, we were having like um, milk tea with mandazi and Danny would bring cakes, just guilting her because she hasn't brought it in a while. And then all of a sudden, even the tea was disappearing. Like, come on, people. All we need is water and uh, tea leaves and a, a little sugar. And, you know, so... Things of life just happen. People get busy. Seasons change. Humanity happens. And, you know, you start realizing that Tawet is annoying sometimes. Like, why do I have to sit in community group with this guy? And it's in the way he chews. It's in the way he says his name. You ask him to speak. Oh, by the way, if you have pastors or people who, who are pastor-esque in your community group, they like to talk a lot. And so you're just going... We also want to say something. Please stop. And then offense happens. Like genuine offense. Forget, forget the whole piece where we just take offense. As you get into community, as you get into this church, where, you know, people who've been in marriage, offense happens. People will hurt you. Or you'll just discover you're different. You know, when, when, when you're in a community group with a vegetarian and then they invite you in and they don't want to cook meat, you're like, wow. Or you are a vegetarian and you go to a, a community group where these people only cook meat and that means you're not eating that day. You know, just different. And sometimes, here's the annoying thing. Uh, I, I heard of, uh, a former vegetarian say that it's so annoying that when... when when you choose such a lifestyle, everybody gets offended uh, at you. It's like, why does it bother you? Like, oh, you don't eat meat? I feel that way about sugar. Everybody goes, oh, my word, you don't, you don't take sugar? I'm like, yeah, it's really... Anyway, and cakes. But I will have cakes. If you invite me to your house and you present cake, I will have it. I, I make excuses for such moments. Um, and sadly, sometimes people try and leave to, again, rejoin new communities, to relive the honeymoon phase, right? Uh, sometimes um, uh, in, in marriage, especially around an average of seven years, uh, some couples try, uh, you know, under the frustration of realizing that their spouse isn't divine after all, uh, uh, they try and leave to try and relive the, the honeymoon phase. And it just 
like it, it's just unsustainable. All you do is spread hurt and you never grow. So at the begin, uh, when we started, I, uh, I said that those who leave never grow, whether it's community, church, or, or, or even relationships such, a, such as marriage. Those who leave just never grow. Now, um, yeah, I don't want to get sidetracked. So, yeah. Now, most of the New Testament teaching, most of the New Testament teaching around community is especially because there is a disenchantment. Like, if you look at all the New Testament teaching around community, it's like, hey, you guys need to love one another. You guys need to forgive one another. Why would they need to teach that? Because a disenchantment is coming. coming, There is a time coming where it'll just not be as exciting as it was when he started. There's a time where coming to Trinity will not be as exciting as as it was when you started. Because you'll realize that that George can come uh, in the morning grumpy. It's mostly me, but, you know, let's just say George, you know. Um, And listen... Even very powerful experiences with the presence of God and the power of God does not save you from the need to grow up and deal with yourself and with others. Like all, all these churches that Paul and Peter and James are writing to, some of them were, uh, started with very powerful encounters with the Holy Spirit. The church in Ephesians, uh, uh, it started with very powerful encounters with the Holy Spirit even a riot started because uh, sorcerers were, were downing their tools, and so people are losing business. Like people are getting healed just by handkerchiefs, and and even then, Paul has to write to them how to live uh, with each other. So, uh, so, so sometimes people people just assume, hey, we just need to sit somewhere where we'll be taught about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We just need to go to a church where people get healed every day. We just need to go to a church where we see miracles. And that's good, but I promise you, that doesn't mean community will be any less easy. Some people are so prophetic. Some people um, are filled with, the, uh, uh, move uh, powerfully in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but they just don't know how to live and work through community, and it is pointless. It's what Paul calls the clanging of symbols. It's just noise. If you, even if you're filled with the Holy Spirit and, and, and you can prophesy and you hear Him clearer than most of us, if you cannot submit yourself to community, if you cannot live and love and work in and through community, it is pointless. That's why a lot of the New Testament has a, has a lot of instructions on just how to live together. I, you know, so... When, when the vineyard started, uh, God, and, like, God was very faithful in just pouring so, so many wonderful gifts uh, through the church. Um, and, you know, from worship to charismatic gifts and healing and all that stuff. And, and that, didn't, that didn't stop some churches from leaving. There are a couple of churches that left the vineyard because there was offense. Even last year, there's a, there's a vineyard church in the U.S., a very significant one, because that's where uh, John Wimber, who started the vineyard, uh, 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 pastored. They left the vineyard. Like, just because there is power moving through a community does not mean uh, there isn't need to grow up and learn to deal with both ourselves and, and with each other. 
just because we get here uh, every Sunday morning and uh, 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 the worship team leads us faithfully into the presence of God and we, can, we are so aware that God is in our midst and, and, and we have stories of healing from time, time to time, just because that happens does not mean uh, uh, community will be any uh, less hard. And it wasn't any easier even for Jesus. Um, Jesus one day was so frustrated with his disciples and friends. And this is what he told them. How much longer will I be with you? Even Jesus was like, come on, you guys. You should have gotten it by now. How much longer will I be with you? Yet he never stopped uh, submitting himself to living in and through community. One day, uh, they were having, uh, on the day they had the first uh, 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 Lord's Supper, he told them that he had known all along that one of them was going to betray him. This is something he knew. Yet even then, you know, sometimes we make excuses like, oh, no, but, but this person is a traitor. This person is this bad. This person, Jesus knew who was going to betray him all along. And even then, he did not cease to submit himself to community. So, comments on just a few of the, of the things that, that, that caused disenchantment um, before we go to what we're talking about today. So, about offense, about offense, it will happen, both in the, in the, in the groups around the table and in this big gathering. Offense will happen. If you think it is not you, it, it's probably because it is you. It's probably because it is you. And here's the thing. Everyone gets a chance at offense. You know, when we talked about, when we talked about as this stuff maybe a year ago, I remember, I remember pointing out to the fact that in the vineyard we say everybody gets to play. Like what we often mean by that is, Everybody can pray for the sick. Everybody can uh, function in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Everyone here is invited to serve in the kingdom, not just in church, especially outside of church. Everybody gets to play. But I also want to remind you, when it comes to offense, everybody gets to play too. If I haven't offended you yet, give me some time. So, offense will happen every time we step into community. So my invitation is be patient with each other. Be patient with others because you have no idea how patient they're being with you. You just have no idea how much room they're making for you. Things of life will happen. Seasons will change. Some will get married. Kids come. Jobs come and go. While how you engage in community might change in every season of your life, whether you, whether you need community or not doesn't change. You need community. It might look different in different seasons of your life, but you need community. That is not a question. So always do the hard work of, of submitting yourself to, to community. Live for more than yourself. So anyway, so these things happen and... The disenchantment sets in, um, and then some people leave. And those who leave never grow. But some people stay. 
and then they stay divided, right? You know, you, you just walk into a, a home, and they live together, but they're not one. You know, and, and you sit, well, you know, every, every family has arguments from time to time, and in that, in that little moment, they're not one, right? And um, if you're a guest in such a, in, in that, in a fam, uh, to a family at such a moment, you sit awkwardly there. It's like, okay. Uh, and you start, you know, hey, do you guys uh, like tea? You know, you just, you don't know what to do. Some people stay, and sadly, they stay divided. Divided, uh, division isn't good for anything, not just the kingdom of God. One day, um, Jesus was teaching, and, and, and he, was, he had performed some miracles, and people who were opposed to him uh, uh, looked at him and, and, and accused him of doing the things he's doing through the power of, of the devil. And, and Jesus said, hey, if I cast devils out by the power of the devil, then that kingdom is divided. How will it stand? So division isn't good even for the, for the kingdom of the devil. So that just tells you division isn't good at all for a family, for a church, even for the church, the entire body of Christ throughout the world. Division isn't family for, for, for a group around a table. Division isn't, isn't good even for, for a couple. Division isn't good for anything. You know, even for nations that have civil war, one of the leading cause, causes, uh, you know, there could be several, but one of the leading causes is always factionalism. When people start, start uh, us versus them and they set, aside, they set themselves aside in different factions, uh, that is a leading cause for, for um, a civil war. Division isn't good for anything. And so last week we talked about honor. And here's the thing. I think for, for us to be divided, for any community, from marriage to a church community to a small uh, group uh, to be divided, I think it has to take dishonor because I have to convince myself that you are not good enough to be with me to decide that, hey, I won't reconcile this. I think division always starts with dishonor, right? It, it, when you fail to see people for who they are, then you're okay with, with things being divided. You're okay with going up against people. You're okay with even splitting people up because, hey, this, uh, you, know, you just don't see their worth. I really believe di uh, division starts with dishonor. Um, and and uh, remember from our last conversation last weekend, where there's dishonor, you cannot receive blessing. You cannot receive what the people around you carry if you walk in dishonor. One of the amazing things I, ha uh, uh, I saw with, 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 with uh, Randy and Stacy's wedding, it was, you know, um, they, had, they hadn't been planning for a long time and and uh, they, um, they didn't have like a, a, a committee or anything. But the, the interesting thing is so many people are coming around them saying, how can we help? Hey, we have this. Can we give it to you? Hey, I'm going to show up and I'm going to do this. Oh, you want a car? Here is my car. Or oh, you want? Everyone was lining up to bless them because they have... They have been people who've honored their community. They have been people who've honored others. They've been a blessing to others. And so everyone's lining up to just go, hey, you can have this, and you can have this, or we want to get you that. That's what honor does. 
It opens you up. When you see people for who they are, it opens you up to receive the blessing they carry. So, here are a few problems with, with disunity. I think uh, uh, one, one of the things is that we miss out on something about God's life. Psalm 133. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters dwell in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head running down the beard, uh, on, the, on, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Haman, which falls on the mountain of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. So when we talked about blessing, I said it is this quality that just makes us flourish and have life. Every time we, 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 um, we encourage disunity, we miss out the blessing. The original blessing of God, be fruitful and multiply. We miss out on that every time we stand divided. Every time a church is divided, we miss out on that. And you know, the, the, the middle portion talks about oil on the, on the head of Aaron, who was, a, who was the high priest. And oil is often used in Scripture to represent anointing and the, and the Spirit of God. We also miss out on, on the Spirit of God. We, we quench the Spirit of God when there is disunity. I've said this a couple of times here, but I just want to repeat it. Um, um, 2020 was very, very difficult for everyone. And so there were, so, you know, personal things happening, uh, institutional things happening, and we had to keep this going. And so it, it was the first year that, that, that uh, George, one of my dearest friends, and I had really, really uh, hard tensions in our, in our friendship. And we made a choice, and, and it kept happening. It's like we, we would resolve it one week, and then in three weeks we were mad at each other again. Trust me, it happens. We haven't been mad at each other in a long time, so that's good. But in 2020, it happened a lot. <clears throat> and we made a commitment to each other that we would never get on this stage if we haven't patched things up. And I remember one, <clears throat> one evening, uh, we were having the worship night, and we decided we won't even start. And we are, we are keen to always start things on time. But we sat in the office and said, listen, we cannot lie to God's people. We cannot lie that we are okay. Like even if he could play music so well, which he can, even if I could accidentally start speaking so well, which I hope one day to, like if there isn't unity in the team, the Spirit of God will not move, and you people will pick it up. It might be great music. It might be a well-sounding talk, but you people will be able to pick up the Spirit of God is missing. So we, we sat in the office and said, and you see, here's the thing. If you, if you have a deadline, because worship night had to go on, if you have a deadline, you don't have room for, okay, you, you, have, to, you, have, to, uh, uh, you have to be convinced with what I'm saying. If you have a deadline, you have to forgive. You have to go, okay, listen, I still love you, and uh, I forgive you. Please forgive me. Can we go, right? Um, and it happened over and over again whenever stuff came up. There's a day we, we sat at, um, at, uh, at the Alps and, and we were sobbing like babies. You know, we were sharing, uh, we were sharing a soda and we were just like, oh, I'm so sorry. And, and we didn't have tissue because we couldn't, we couldn't imagine.
imagine leading this community without being okay with each other? This unity in the church, this unity in marriage, this unity in a community group, this unity in any team quenches the Spirit of God. Don't move. Don't move one step unless you unite. As families, you know, you know sometimes you, you are about to take on a big, a big uh, project. You want to buy land. You want to uh, uh, develop something at home. Don't go on unless the two of you or, or the whole family are of one spirit. Don't go on. You need to go uh, you need to move into projects with the blessings of each other and with the Spirit of God upon you. Don't move. Sometimes we think things are time-sensitive, and sometimes they are. But sometimes it's okay to let go of certain opportunities if it will mean that you remain united. Don't move unless you're of one spirit. We miss out something of God's heart. We miss out God's blessing. We quench the Holy Spirit when there's disunity. The other thing is that it's, it's just not a reflection of God. Um, it's just not a reflection of God. One of the oldest prayers for the, for the Jews, it comes from Deuteronomy, and they would pray, Hear, O Israel, Yahweh is our God, Yahweh is one. And, they, and this is a prayer that Jesus probably also prayed every morning and every evening because the morning and evening prayers, uh, they would have this central prayer repeated over and over and over again. Hear, O Israel, Yahweh is our God, Yahweh is one. The way the Trinity is devoted to one another produces oneness. The, the way the Father is devoted to Jesus and Jesus to the Holy Spirit and both to each other produces oneness. They are undivided. Another way to read that one is, Hear, O Israel, the, uh, Yahweh is our God. Yahweh is undivided. It is, it, it is that devotion to being completely one. That's who our Father is. And all the communities that proceed from the Father are called to reflect that character of the Father. So the church is called to reflect that character of Jesus. We've got to remain united. And I think part of why, part of why sometimes even, even just people in our nation look down on the church is that we don't speak united. And I'm not saying we must speak uniformly. That's not what I'm saying. Because that's not what unity is. But we often attack each other, right? People stand and say, oh, you know, that church and that church, they do this. That's not unity. And so we... we, we we don't reflect the character of God. Holiness, as I've said here before, can also be translated into uh, undivided devotion. It is being completely set apart. Holiness means being set apart. So when we think of holy things, they, they were called holy because they were set apart completely to be used for only one purpose, worship. So when, when you're being invited to be holy, you know, some of us start with, with uh, a morality thing. Oh, then I must know, it, uh, you know, I must behave like this. It's, it's not about behavior. It's about being completely set apart for God. And that overflows into how we act. Start with completely being set apart. And God is completely, he's un, 
He's completely set apart for us. He's holy to us. He, he has undivided devotion to us. And then he invites us to be holy. He's inviting us to, be, to have undivided devotion to him and to one another. And to one another. To be undivided in our love for each other. And therefore not uh, remain in unity. And, and you know, so... So Paul says, in the verse we just read uh, early on, do everything in your power to keep the unity of the Spirit. You must do not just a few things, everything. What does it look like? What does it look like to do everything you can to keep your family united? What does it look like to throw everything you've got at keeping that community group united? What does it look like to do everything you can to re, uh, 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 keep the unity of the Spirit? We cannot afford to get hung up on, it's their fault, they should say so. We just cannot afford to be hung up on that. We cannot afford to be hung up on, I am right, and so I, 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 I will sit here and, 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 and wait for them to approach me. We just cannot afford to do that. We cannot afford to say, I, I've tried enough. See, the more we follow Jesus, the more we realize why he said it's a narrow path. Right? The more we follow Jesus, the more we realize why he said it's a narrow path. Like, let's get over this idea that... that, that uh, salvation is just about going to heaven, then you might as, we might as well have died the moment we started believing in Jesus, right? There's something bigger that we're being invited to. There's a formation of who we are so that we can actually be able to live in eternity with the Father. That's, that's what's happening. We are being formed into something. And, and, and Jesus says that path, the way of Jesus is a narrow path. Because the world might tell you, you've done enough. The way of Jesus will tell you, do everything you can to keep unity. The world might tell you, you're right. So don't worry about them. The way of Jesus will say, carry that cross. Pursue them. So what does it look like? Be quick to, be quick to forgive because offense will definitely happen. So Colossians 3.13 says, Be gentle and ready to forgive. Never hold grudges. What? Not even for a week? No. Um, I, uh, uh, when we started, a, a very dear friend and who was part of our leadership team really offended me. I, I, I trusted them and, you know, I... I I just couldn't believe they said what they said. And I remember uh, uh, my pastors then looking at me. They knew what had happened, and they said to me, listen, you have to sort this out in your heart with the Holy Spirit, or you have to have a conversation with them. You cannot go on like this. I'm like, I don't want to talk to them. I want to be mad at them. But the other option is just me sorting it out. Like, seriously. Um, so be gentle and ready to forgive. Never hold grudges. Remember, the Lord forgave you. So you must forgive others. This one for me is one of the most annoying for me. I'm not saying it. Like, 
one of the most annoying things that I'm still working through with Jesus. Like, every time I don't want to forgive someone, I am reminded just how much I am forgiven. I'm like, oh, come on. It's different, Lord. It really is different. But, but, but there is no room to reinterpret that. Paul says, forgive one another, because remember, you were forgiven. And some of us, if we think through what we were forgiven for, you know, Jesus said, the one who's forgiven more loves more. If we think through the things the Father has forgiven us, how dare we hold a grudge against anyone, right? So be quick to forgive one another because offense will happen. Honor others above yourselves, what we, what we talked about uh, last weekend. Imagine a community where everyone is trying to give the other room to go first, even at dinner table. Now, the, the British are very good at this. Like, they all, like where, where they, the food is being served, the Brits just wait and it's like, oh, you know. Imagine a community where we, we do such things out of our following of Jesus. Hey, you can go first. Oh, you can have this. Oh, you can sit here. Now, that would cause a bit of, a, a bit of chaos on the roads if everyone's just going, oh, yeah, you can go first, you know. That's why we have traffic lights. But imagine a people, a people of Jesus who are always saying, you know what, I honor you. Honoring others above ourselves, other versions say, outdo each other in honor. It's not even about, hey, you're better than me. It's not you not knowing your identity and your value and your place. It's saying, you know what? I will treat you, Danny, more importantly, because you have value. I can see who God has called you to be. Hey, you can have this. You can go first. Imagine such a community. Imagine such a community that says, you know what? I forgive you. Like, I, I realized I was wrong. I forgive you. And I, I, I couldn't believe I did this. In your relationships, this is um, from Paul again. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. This unity uh, comes when, you know, when, when we, are in, we take ourselves too seriously. You guys know I'm the pastor of this community, and they didn't even say sorry. We take ourselves too seriously. I am the husband of this house, and how dare she? You know? uh, but, but, but to keep unity, we have to be the kind of people who have the same mindset as Jesus, right? And, and all the things about us, we don't hold them as something to take advantage of, right? And so we humble ourselves. When conflict arises, there has to be someone who, who bridges the gap first. This is exactly what God did. It's like, it's like, hey, they have rebelled against me, but guess what? I am the one who's going to move in first. And then Paul says, in your relationships, have the same mindset. Hey, you wronged me but I am going to move in first. Hey, it is my right to have you apologize, but you know what? I'm going to lay down my rights. This is, this is one of the ways we can remain united. What if you're divided about theology? Oh, that's fine. We can be the first people to say, you know what? 
we also don't have all our theology right. Some of you might, might be surprised. Yes, the vineyard doesn't have all its theology right. We're still hoping that the Father keeps teaching us truth. So we can have grace for people who we don't agree with theologically. Finally, at least for today, have hard, oh no, that's the second, second to last, yeah. Have hard conversations. Sometimes we think we are being kind by not telling people that they've upset us. It actually isn't kindness because it builds resentment over time. When we cannot have hard conversations, it builds resentment over time. And some of us, just by, just by our, our personality, the things we've experienced in life, we find it very hard to, to confront. We find it hard to say, hey, I was hurt. And so we carry it within us, like, oh, it's okay, it's okay. Over time, it just builds resentment, and then resentment brings bitterness, and then that, that leads to disunity. Have hard conversations. Find a way to respectfully say, you hurt me. Uh, in, in, in my mother tongue, there's this word uh, called kukuno. You know, when uh, it's sulking. Yes, that's the English. Yeah, I was, I couldn't. You know, when, when you walk into uh, a room, and, and, and we often do that with people who are very dear to us. Like, we just sulk around people like, they should read my mind, <laughs> you know. And, and that often leads to disunity. We cannot afford do that. Find a way to respectfully say I was hurt. Find a way to apologize for the hurt you have caused instead of defending. I find it interesting. Sometimes we're just immature and we all have a lot of places to mature up. But there's certain people when you tell them, hey, you hurt me, they go, yeah, but you know, you did this. I'm like, wait, it's okay. Probably it's true, but can we deal with this one and then give it two days and you can come tell me what I did to you? You know, like, just don't defend, don't just make right what you've done and, and seek, uh, seek to, to address what's been done to you. Then seek reconciliation. There's a great church uh, in Philippi that, that Paul writes the letter, letter to that we call the book of Philippians. Um, and they had seen mighty moves of God telling you, even, even mighty moves of God does not mean community will be easier. They had seen mighty moves of God, but there were two, two uh, leaders of the church that were in conflict. And Paul writes and says, somebody, let me see, yeah, I actually have it here. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord this way, dear friends. I plead with Eudia, uh, something like that. And I plead with this other name, I cannot read, it's Greek. To be of the same mind in the Lord, yes. And I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended by my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in, in the book of life. So these two ladies had fallen out completely, so much so that we are still reading of the argument they had to this day. You guys have not had such an argument yet, you know? They had fallen out completely, and, and Paul doesn't go, hey, you know, I think so-and-so is right. I think so. He just goes, I plead with these two ladies to be united and of the same mind. Then he calls uh, 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 companions, you go, do, go make sure they are reconciled. 
We cannot afford to, to be comfortable with disunity. We cannot afford to be comfortable with just being apart from each other, whatever it takes. I am learning very, very hard. See, I think Paul was realizing uh, that, that, that if, if the leaders of the church are, are not united, they couldn't continue the work of the gospel. The church was called to, be, uh, to, to have the, the ministry of reconciliation. How will we reconcile the world to the Father if we're not reconciled ourselves? So Paul says, you two have got to be reconciled. We cannot afford, we have to learn to choose the unity of the community above our own, um, our own ambitions. I, so I was saying that I'm learning very hard that sometimes I have to make very difficult personal decisions so that I don't cause disunity in this church and in the Vineyard movement in general. Uh, there are certain opportunities that I've said no to that I think would have been amazing for me. I was like, you know what? I am devoted to these people. I am devoted to this person, and so I'm sorry I can't take this. Why? Because if I take this, it'll break the church. If I take this, it'll break this community. So Jesus outlines, um, Jesus outlines uh, what to do for reconciliation. He says, hey, when someone has wronged you, go to them. So if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault. Between you and him alone, if he listens to you, you've gained a brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along, uh, that, that, they, uh, um, that every charge may be established in the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. It's like, you, listen, you've got to do everything. Go yourself, then go with two people that he, he or she respects. Then tell the elders of the church, tell the church, like, come on. And then, I guess, if you can't listen to the church, what do we do? Just leave them be. And I love that even this pro process Jesus is talking about is full of honor. It's full of honor. You cannot just decide to tell stories that are not yours to tell. You know, you, you cannot go to Cliff and just go, oh my goodness, Danny is this and Danny is that. Like, those are not your stories to tell. If you have stuff between you and someone, go to them first. They're the ones that, who sh uh, that should hear it first. And then take two people that they respect. It, it's, it's looped with honor after honor after We've got to always honor each other. I'm going to call the band back on stage. So what if it fails? You know, if we're very honest with ourselves, sometimes we just lack maturity. You know, uh, we're human beings. We're still growing. Uh, we're human beings, and sometimes we have limited resources. We, we, you know, someone moves out of town or or they, they buy you from seeing them, or they're just too uh, hostile, or, or you know, you're not healed enough. Sometimes we're just limited in our resources, and, and we cannot see this through. Sometimes we are flawed. Indeed, we are flawed. Sometimes pe uh, some people are just broken, too broken, that they're not ready for reconciliation, right? Like, it happens. Sometimes it's the other person. Sometimes it's you. So what happens when we cannot achieve this? Again, what Jesus said. If you've gone yourself and you couldn't do it, 
entrusted to two other people that you can trust. You can't do it entrusted to the church. If, if unity still can't happen, if unity still can't happen, then you can step away, but it's not step away forever, long for reconciliation. And Jesus just, it's, it's a bit harsh. Jesus says, treat them as though they were unbelievers. Like he's not mincing his words. If, cer- if certain people are just keen to cause division, treat them as though, if you've tried and tried and tried, treat them as though they were unbelievers. But our hope for unbelievers is that they would be brought into the family of God. So release them and entrust them to God. And wait prayerfully to be reconciled. So Paul had a sharp disagreement. Paul the Apostle had a sharp disagreement with with one of his colleagues. Imagine Paul, full of the Holy Spirit. This other guy, full of the Holy Spirit. They were teaching very, very well. But still, they disagreed sharply. Because, and it wasn't like a theological thing. They, they didn't get to a place like, oh, I don't think Jesus is, is Lord. Uh, Barnabas had brought uh, a, one of his relatives with him, and this guy had deserted them. So Paul was still angry. Like, how would you bring? He deserted us. So Paul and Barnabas uh, disagreed so sharply they had to split ways. They went separate ways. So sometimes it does happen even in the church. But later on, as Paul is older, Paul has been imprisoned. N.T. Wright, one of the leading uh, uh, New Testament theologians, argues that at this point, Paul has even gone through depression because of, of the way his writing changes. He has experienced big desperation. He writes and says, hey, he wants to be reconciled with John Mark. Could you bring him with you? So even when we have to part ways, the idea is always that one day we will be reconciled. So, and the, the thing about this, this split that happened, they blessed each other. Right? And God still moved. Because nothing will stop the purposes of God. God still moved in both the places they went. So even when a split has to happen, make sure you bless them as they walk away. Be the people who will say, hey, I bless you as you go. I don't think we could work together anymore, but I'd like to bless you. Hey, I realize you're leaving this community, but could we just, could you come one more night so that we can bless you? Hey, I realize our church isn't working for you anymore, but could, don't leave yet. Let's bless you. Hey, I realize you think you've outgrown us, but as your parents, before you leave, we'd love to bless you. Don't let them leave. Even when a split has to happen, don't let them leave without blessing. And then hope for reconciliation. Why don't we all stand? So I just want to give us a bit of time to um, respond to, to the Father's heart. Our worship team will lead us in a song and you're invited to just be in God's presence and let them sing over you. You're invited to join in. And we'd love to pray with you. If you're sick, if, if, if just, 
just the stuff of life, thanksgiving, whichever it is, would love to pray with you.